Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey guys, it's Lisa Stanley, your Rentienta. And on today's podcast, What Goes On Around Here, we have Jordan Ogron. And he is an owner, managing partner of a hot new restaurant, I must say, right here in Hollywood, called Tess, a French bistro that is the home to many celebrities. And better yet, he's a wine guru. Hello, Z. At only 32 years old, he's in the big league right here in Hollywood. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for getting up early. I guess if you're in the restaurant business, you stay out late, right? That's right. We go to bed late, for that's for sure. What time do you uh, usually go to bed at? Between 2 and 3 a.m. And what time do you usually wake up? Around 9 a.m. Oh, really? Yeah. We don't oh. sleep much in our world. Is that right? That's right. 9 a.m. And what's the first thing that you have to do restaurant related when you get up in the day? Check my emails. That's it? That's about it. So you're not involved with like the chef part of the where they go, they pick up the fresh food, they bring you don't have to do that. You're just doing the wines and running the business part. That's right. Yeah, okay. the operation side. Okay, so tell us cuz I love your story. Um tell us where you grew up, about your family and about what you used to do and still keep in mind you're only 32. Um tell everybody. Yeah, so I grew up in Las Vegas. Uh, both my parents were lawyers and, uh, brothers, sisters. Yeah. I have two half sisters. Okay. Yeah. Both my parents divorced when I was young. So welcome uh, to the world. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, and so I got to, uh, really just see a lot of, you know, kind of two sides of the world. My mom wasn't she kind of lived paycheck to paycheck, I guess you could say. And my dad, uh, as does as do most Americans, right. but okay. And my dad uh, was a pretty prominent lawyer in Vegas at the time, representing some of the big wigs in Vegas. Um, so I got to really grow up humble, I guess you can say, and saw you know understood what it was like to kind of have a little bit of money and then not have any money at all, kind of seeing both sides of it. Um, and so I got my passion. Um, for what I do now, kind of from my dad. My dad was a little bit of a wine collector, still is. Uh, and uh, he loves and still does to this day uh, going out to restaurants and. Foodie family. Exactly. My favorite. Exactly. <laughs> and so uh, uh, my dad used to allow me to try some wine, you know, since I was really a kid, like four or five years old. And so I just developed a palate and a passion for food and wine. In France, they let the kids drink at birth. It's in the baby <laughs> bottle, okay? So I'm just saying, to this does, you know, for me, I don't have children, but if I did, the first thing I would have introduced them is to a good Bordeaux or a good <laughs> Cab. <laughs> exactly. So I love your dad yeah. for doing that with you. And he used to always say, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you 
try this or try that. And in just in wines or in foods too, because you're very passionate with your food as it well. It was mainly food. Oh, because I was a very picky eater as a kid. What so, was the first thing he paid you to eat? Do you remember? Oh, no, I don't. But it could have been anything. If it wasn't buttered pasta, it was, it was a bribe to get me to try something. It's so true, though. Every child in America, what do you want for dinner? Noodles with butter. Noodles Can with butter. Can I tell butter. you, though, that like only kids know that because of the parents. And so like... For when I have kids one day, I, they're not even going to know what that is. They're not going to know what candy is. They're not going to know what ice cream is. Well, when you come from the restaurant world, uh, so when did your passion uh, for food really take over? I have to say when I got my first like job in the industry um, in downtown with John Sedler and my partner now, Bill Chait uh, at Rivera. Oh, Bill Chait is something else. And he, yeah. that guy, wow, you really hooked up with some great, uh, great people. But you did something before food. Tell everybody what it was I you did. did. You're going to pull this out of me, aren't I you? am because I think it's the best story ever, yeah, Jordan. So I used to be an opera singer. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. I won't ask you because you probably can't do it this early in the morning, can you? A little? A little just something? I actually warmed up this morning. Just You did? I had a feeling this might happen. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Lisa? She, she asks everyone everything. I do. I, I really do. Okay, so did you uh, did you have grandparents growing up? Of course, That yeah. you were close with? Yes. So was your grandmother a cook? Because you know how you hear some kids say, I hung out at grandma's house and they, we would make sauces and we would... Did any of that go down? Well, it's funny because I had... A, very different relationship with each one of my grandparents. So uh, one of my grandmothers was the one that kind of got me into the whole musical theater opera world. And uh, Was she in the opera world? No, she just had a passion for it. And, and so would she just say, Jordan, I want you to learn how to sing opera? Well, no, she actually would take me to a show and I would, you know, one after the other all the time. So ever since I was, you know, a kid, like four or five, and uh, I just found a love for it. And, uh, you know, I think the first show I ever saw was Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat and then Annie. And I was just stuck on those two for God only knows how many years. And uh, Did you take opera uh, lessons? I did, yeah. And I actually, funny enough, when I was in high school... Um, I had just I started at a high school that only had about 50 60 students. They had just opened. It was a private school and uh, in Las Vegas in Orange County. Oh, here. Yeah, you I had moved to Orange County then. for high school. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this wonderful girl came up to me who ended up being a mentor throughout my singing career and she said, "You know, we need some people uh, to join the chorus, the choir." And she heard me singing in the hallway. And back then, I was like a little like teeny bopper like with a pop like singer? yeah, like Justin Timberlake kind of thing. Uh-huh. Loved in sync, Backstreet Boys growing up, and uh, call on us, we did too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so she was like, you know, I think maybe you should join the choir and maybe even get some classical music lessons. It would help you. And so I was like, okay, sure, why not? So I tr- uh, went to her voice teacher at the time. This is about fifteen years ago now. I don't know, yeah, thirteen to fifteen years ago, and. Uh, and so I go to the voice lesson and I learn, you know, some great things from uh, the vocal coach. And she comes up with this cockamamie idea at the end of the lesson. And she says, you know what? I think that to kind of get like an expedited, uh, you know, to go through the expedited learning process quickly, I think that you have some true talent. I think you should go to Tanglewood, uh, which is in the Berkshires, Tanglewood, uh, Boston University, Tanglewood Institute. And so. That's serious. Yeah. <laughs> That's so the real deal. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So she. Has she told me she's like we're gonna prepare this one song? You make a recording and you go to to Tanglewood uh, if you get in. So I made the recording, sent it in, and I get a phone call 
you know, whatever, a month or two later, and they said, we would love to have you. Uh, what an and honor. Not, and not only that, we want you to do the opening number for the welcome concert as a solo. So... <laughs> Wow, getting thrown about, into the fire. Talk about, talk about getting forward, thrown right? into the fire. So, uh, so that's kind of how I started the whole singing thing, and uh, really had to train how to be an opera singer because I was very right? poppy and very musical theater, which is musical theater still. What does more that my take passion. to train? You know, I lived next door when I was a kid to uh, an opera singer, oh. and every morning I would hear nay, 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 and I was like, what is happening over there? But then after all that, all that stuff, yep. what would come out of this woman's lungs was amazing to me. It, she would tell me, because I would ask her, it's all in the breathing. Is right. that what you... 100%. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't get to know your body, it's very hard to sing, especially in, in the opera world. And what is the difference between your singing your pop versus your opera? Well, uh, pop is more like chest and using your actual voice, and opera, the only way you can get up to those high notes is using your diaphragm and yeah. understanding how to use your air. And So that does, it's really, it does take a lot of training. Okay, so um, now you decide that you really don't want to be an opera singer, but you want to be in the restaurant business. Now, how does that happen? Well, they go hand in hand, don't they? Well, I don't know, unless, <laughs> unless you're opening a singing restaurant, which there have been many right. of them. No, I just decided that, uh, you know, my dad, a very smart businessman, had always taught me always have a backup plan, you yeah. know, but always focus on the first plan, but yeah. always have a backup plan. So at USC, I studied business as well as vo- uh, vocal performance. So I always had a backup plan. And because I, I love the business world, but I wanted to choose something that I kind of ha- already had the vocabulary for which was the f- you know food, food industry and, wine. and so uh you know growing up you know with a collector in my dad and all of his friends and listening to them talk about wine my my real knowledge behind wine is just really my palate because uh I you mean really... you didn't go to school for mm-hmm. any of that no. so it's just innate in you I guess. I mean, but, yeah. it definitely is. Uh, and I, and watching you at work, you see it's very passionate for you, that you're not just there pouring bottles and stuff. But I see you really, when I was there, uh, watching you pick the right wines, looking at the lay. I mean, I really, I, I took notice of how you took notice of everything, Thank which you. is, yeah, which I think is a credit to how much you really do love what you do. So what was your first job in the restaurant industry, your first paid job? Yeah, so I was hired at Rivera by Bill uh, Che and John Sedler. And uh, at the time, they had hired Stephen Geddes, who's a, who's a master psalm, I think, still based in Las Vegas. Uh, and they had hired me to kind of open the restaurant with him. He was hired to write the wine list and get it going, and then he'd head back to Vegas. But they hired me uh, because they liked the passion that I had for it, and they figured, you know, especially back in 2008 when the economy wasn't so wonderful, they figured that they could save a whole bunch of money by hiring this kid uh pay him nothing and uh, <laughs> for the most part right. eight, eight dollars an hour for Oi. all of you old ones out there that used to know what that was like um and uh, so i i worked uh you know eight hours a day for eight dollars an hour and learned as much as i could and as soon as uh, kind of steven had signed off and went back to vegas i uh, kind of took over the list and had an idea for it and when we opened there was 120 wines on the list and uh I just I had a vision and I, I just said you know I'm gonna take this list to the next level uh, as we go forward here uh, and by the time I had left which was almost two years later 
Uh, the wine list had been comprised of over 400 different Tempranillos wow. and then uh, about 50 Malbecs and other wines from the Southern Hemisphere. That you put together. That I had put together. So you um, never had to like wait on tables or bus tables or do any of that kind of grunt No, work? I made a decision... Uh, when I was young, that I didn't want to do that. I okay. guess you know, I, if there's one piece of advice that I can, you know, leave for anybody out there. It's have in your brain what you will and will not do, and stick to it. And so for me, it was. You As know, I imagine, they tried to get you to do some of that, right? They had suggested it, but I, you know, I just wasn't down for that. Good. I just I knew that wine was my passion, and that's what I wanted to focus on. And and really, the way I got the job was, you know. Trust me, you know, give me a chance. It's only $8 an hour. It's not like you're investing a whole bunch of money into somebody, you know? So it was kind of like a prove it kind of thing. And so, and still to this day, now that I'm an owner of a restaurant, I still. At 32 years old, I I just. No, honestly, it is. That is such a huge. Do you not know how big of a deal that is? That at 32 years old, look where you are. People don't get there their whole life. Well, I mean, it's persistence. And I've been, you know, my whole. I mean, ever since I I started my whole uh, career, I guess you can say, I've just been so persistent. I don't take no for an answer and I push hard and it's led me this far. But, uh, you know, how do you do that? How do you go from working and putting together wine lists to being a partner, managing partner slash owner? Do you have to put in a lot of money to do that or just a lot of time and knowledge? Um, You have to be a good person. And I honestly think that I am uh, and very honest person you know and so i tell people the way it is whether they want to hear it or not you know i hear so many people say oh don't say that you know might hurt their feelings you know don't say that they shouldn't hear that it's like yes if it's the truth they should hear it you know we get along great period (laughs) (laughs) you know and i always learn that the you know sometimes the truth hurts but the truth also helps you grow and so you know i've surrounded myself which was another uh, piece of advice that i was given when i was super young was surround yourself with three or four really good mentors and uh if you listen to them and keep your eyes and ears open at all times, you might get someplace. Yeah. And so... Well, you clearly did. And that's what I've done. And, and uh, it's you know super important. What was your first restaurant that you uh, opened up as manager, partner? This one. This is it. Tessa's number. Your baby. Yeah. Well, I, I felt like uh, when I opened Bestia in downtown, I felt like I was a partner. Bestia is one of the best restaurants. <laughs> yes. D- it, oh, it is. It is the Bestia. <laughs> it is so fabulous. It's a little loud. Um, but it's the food is off the charts. Yeah, it is. And you did a great job with that one thanks. as well. And uh, Ori and I were really, you know, he made me feel like I was a partner there. And, and Bill was a part owner there, too. And so uh, it was great to be a part of that because I feel like we have that and even more now at Tess. So, so now with Tess, um, your day-to-day job with them is? Everything. <laughs> Take us through a day. I mean, people that are interested in maybe following in your footsteps or being involved in the wine business. Take us through your day. Like I know, like a chef goes down and gets the fresh food. Do you go to wine tasting? What do you do? How do you? Sure. Yeah. So every day is different, and because now I'm the owner, I mean, I kind of wear every hat at this point, and. Uh, uh, I'm also now the general manager of the restaurant, so now I deal with staff. You know, I don't do much ordering; that's for the kitchen. But in regards to uh, wine tastings, you know, not every day, but sometimes uh, throughout the day, we have uh, our vendors come. I work with over 150 vendors, which is kind of great, just for wine. That doesn't include liquor or food. Um, so, Who, do you, are you in charge of liquor too? No, uh, we have you a have bar. somebody yeah. else to do that. Nick Meyer oh, thank and Julian run the bar program. Okay, but good. yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. Is right. I, oh. Um, I do have one question. Sure. Yeah. What's your favorite wine? Oh, 
I don't like that question. Because <laughs> you know only, what? There are too many. Only too because many. there's too many. If it's hot, I'll just... Can I give you varietal? Let's yes, do that. So yes. I, when it's hot outside, I love a good partially buttery Chardonnay. I do love California Chard more than Bur- uh, Burgundy, but... Uh, uh, it's so hard. There's so winter, many good ones. A winter day. On a winter day, probably a Napa Cab or a Barolo. You know, I think or, you served a me a, Bar- a Barolo. I did, yeah. I think you did. That was delicious. And actually, we the, I, I helped, uh, in a way, blend that one. And it's actually called the Boutelier Barolo, which is named after our wine store. Well, I smell something coming. <laughs> Your own wines. You can't call it Jordan because there's already a Jordan. But <laughs> you can have your own wine, maybe with your last name. Yeah, I have a bunch of friends that are winemakers. And so we actually have a wine coming out in a few months oh. that I've been working on. Oh. So. Yeah. That's such the obvious, Jordan. Well, I, I mean, mean, we got to keep pushing, right? I mean, you just got to do it. Um, okay, so tell people about Tess because it's not just the restaurant. You have a little cafe, you have the right. wine store, the little bakery, right? You have yeah. all. Tell tell people when they come. And by the way, you guys, it's on the Sunset Strip. It is the coolest area next door to Fred Siegel's, my favorite. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's just a really cool vibe inside of there. And also, I want to talk to you about your bone luge. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds nasty, you guys, but it's really not a nasty thing. Then you I shove that bone down my throat. So <laughs> I know that sounds terrible. It was the best thing ever. Will you tell people about that? <laughs> well, the flavor is quite the sexual experience since you've gone that far. Um, so uh, let me tell you about Tess. So as you said, Tess is uh, on the Sunset Strip on the corner of Sunset and La Cienega, right next to the new Fred Siegel. Yes. Um, which is actually the only real Fred Siegel that in LA. That is it. It's the old Fred Siegel, which changed locations. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, and so Tess uh, is short for the word delicatesse, which is the way that chef's grandmother's generation referred to as charcuterie. So in France, they say delicatesse instead of charcuterie. So oh. that's what Tess is short for. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, and the reason, obviously, that it's called Tess is we focus on uh, a massive uh, delicatesse program. So we have over 30 house-made different kinds of charcuterie and pâtés and terrines uh, that are just absolutely delicious. Chef is so talented. Um, yeah, and, and by the way, he stands at that that uh, line pass, yeah. yeah, at the pass and watches everything and brings out stuff. He's very much oh, yeah. involved. Yeah, he loves to run food. He loves to talk to all the guests. He and, did. He was giving me, um, he was telling me that it was his grandmother's recipes. Exactly, yeah. Yes. And actually, the menu is comprised of a ton of family recipes. Some are his grandmother's, some are his mother's. Uh, he has this pork belly dish. That's not on right now, but it'll go back on in the winter. Um, that is was his father's recipe. So. Do you get involved in planning the food, or you leave all of that to him? I leave all that to him. Good. Yeah, you don't mess with right. talent like that. So, right. um, so, and then uh, we have a, another, and he's a partner as well. And then we have another partner that's our executive pastry chef, which I know that you've tried some of the desserts I and sure love them. Did. Uh, oh. Sally Camacho Mueller, and she has more of an LA background. Raphael's from uh, Europe, was uh, raised in Tournai, uh, born in Tournai, and raised in Corsica, and kind of cooked uh, all throughout Paris and, and London. Uh, and then Sally uh, has a little bit more of an LA following, and. Uh, she had a big history with Wolfgang Puck and yes. also in the hotel industry she as well. She worked with Sherry Yard. 
Exactly. Yes. And uh, and so I have a what I consider to be a powerhouse duo of chefs, extremely talented, and the food is so good. It really is. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let in. Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What else can I tell you? I mean, we, we strive to not only give a consistent food experience, but we well, also about, focus on really good service. Tell us so. about the difference between the restaurant, the little bistro, because there is two separate yeah, so places, we have a, correct? Yeah, so attached to Fred Siegel, we have a cafe, mm-hmm. Test Cafe and Bakery, where we uh, serve a whole bunch of different kind of coffee cocktails, we call them. So we have special, you know, special coffee, how do you want to say it? Uh, I guess cocktails. I can't think of another word. Um, obviously, coffee drinks. Coffee drinks. Specialty coffee drinks, yeah. And, uh, and they're Incredible. And then, you know, there's some influence, obviously, still from one of our chefs. You know, Sally makes all the vanilla syrup and the honey syrup. And so, like, she uses these Madagascar vanilla beans that are crazy expensive. But uh, it makes just everything, you know, makes the coffee taste delicious, you know, especially in the vanilla latte, which is my favorite. Um, and then we serve lunch over there, too. So Do you, does Tess serve lunch? Yeah. Tess does as well. Oh, no, not the restaurant. No, the, 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 the bakery. The bakery, yeah, okay. the cafe and bakery. Okay. You know, we have a, You're no, only open for dinner, correct? Correct. Yeah. Are you, and brunch on and weekends. And brunch. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, brunch on weekends. That's good to know. Um, okay, so... And then we have the wine and store. And then the wine store. Tell us about the wine store. So I... Uh, Wine store was kind of like a last minute addition, and uh, I decided to do it because not only is it our wine store, uh, which I'll get to in a second to the whole story, but it's also our private dining room. Uh, and yeah. so, how cool is it that you can have a group of fifty that sits in a it's room like a wine surrounded cellar. by wine? It's yeah. a really cool room. Yeah, and there's yeah. a cool Oculus. It's just a really cool room. Yeah, you know? it really is a cool room. And uh, and so, in regards to the wine store, it's called Boutelier, and uh, Boutelier was the officer in charge of the king's wine in 17th, 18th century. France, so he was the only guy that had a key to the cellar. So that's why our logo, if you've seen it, is the key. And uh, and so in that vein, uh, most of our inventory in that store is in some kind of way exclusive. Uh, and so I have over the years developed amazing relationships with a lot of wineries throughout the world and uh, and have things that you just one, don't see online, which is very different nowadays, but also uh, that you don't see in other stores, especially in L.A. So uh, that's what we focus that's on. That's how you separate yourself. Yeah, and that also doesn't mean that it's expensive. It, you know, we have bottles that are $15 no, a piece. you and, are competing, there are other places in town oh, yeah. that just sell wine with their, you know what I mean? Yeah, you but ours, is, ours is an experience, like, and I just have a personal thing. Like, I hate cardboard, so you'll never see cardboard in our store, and, and so it just, I wanted to elevate the guest experience. Like, when you walk in, you get a glass of champagne while you're shopping around, and, you know, and uh, you don't have to grab any bottles. You grab a wood tag. Every single wine has its own laser-engraved wood tag. And can you buy the bottle? We didn't do this because you were pouring different wines. That's the other thing I want you to talk about, is you, it's a little, uh, t- you'll be taken aback for a minute because the wine glass will come and it'll, you'll go, uh, did you spill it on the way here, ma'am? <laughs> um, because it is only three ounces of wine. And tell everyone why you do that. So the, uh, the three-ounce pour is something I'm super passionate about because uh, a lot of 
Well, everyone in LA nowadays, most restaurants, I'd say probably 95% of restaurants, it's all center of the table sharing. So my thought was, well, if you're going to share food, why should you be stuck to, you know, six ounce glass of wine? And by the time you go through that glass, you'll have had five or six dishes, you know, at that point, unless you're are an alcoholic and drink really fast. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, my thought was, you know, let's pour half glasses and then you can try, you know, a, a sparkling and then a white and a rosé and a red and have much more of a complete experience. It's like experience. a wine tasting experience during your dinner exactly. with just regular drinks from the bar. Yeah. Right? Without being invasive. Because right. if you just choose, you know, three, four or five wines, which is like two regular glasses, right. then, you know, we just bring them to you in succession and you can try different things. As you go throughout your meal. And you can buy a bottle of wine from the wine store and have it served to you in the restaurant during your dinner, correct? Yeah, correct. And so you can go into the wine store and, and get Pick a bottle. Wine. And uh, we just charge a $15 corkage. So. Even though you buy it in the store, you still charge them to open it. Yeah. Which uh, other places charge 30 or $40 to do oh, that. Oh, dude, but I, we was only at a restaurant. I was at a restaurant the other night, and we did not know. They did say, you, there's a corkage fee. Well, duh, everybody has a corkage fee. And I understand when they charge high corkage fee, hey, you got a ton of wine in your in your restaurant. You want to sell your wine. Yeah. But this was $65 for corkage. Oh, my gosh. Now, that's ridiculous, don't wow. you think? Yeah, it's crazy. Good thing I had a $100 bottle with me, because I would have been really mad if it was one of my inexpensive bottles. Exactly. And the guy goes, $65. And he didn't say it's $65. He just said, you are aware there's a corkage fee, right? <laughs> right. And so, like, the other thing is, too, is, like, in the over the years, I've had, like, people bring in a bottle of Yellowtail, you know, which is, like, five, like $5. It's, like, $5 a bottle. Trader but then Joe's. they But then they pay a $30 corkage. And Why? It's, and, but I've I've told them, I'm like, I, like, please don't make me open this and, like, charge you $30 for a $5 bottle of wine. So it's, like... So nowadays, like I have wines that are, you know, $40 on our list. So like spend the few extra bucks and get a really good wine. Right. Uh, versus like, you know, $5 plus 30. It's That's just, just it's, you know, crazy. it's just painful to see like, this is wine you're supposed to cook with, not drink. And yes, so, exactly. Hopefully I won't get sued by Yellowtail now, but I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> it's just an example. You won't, but it is true. Yeah. It is true. I mean, look, it, I mean, come on, it's common sense. If the wine's $5, you don't want to spend 35 to open it. Right, exactly. Um, all right, speaking of the wine, and back to our bone luge, because wine is involved right. in the bone luge, tell everybody a, what it is, B, how you came up with it, and what the hell did you pour down my throat? <laughs> <laughs> so before we opened the restaurant, you know, Chef and I obviously had a lot of conversations because uh, he cooks with feeling and, and thoughts and passion, obviously. And so he doesn't really plan anything out. He'll have a thought in his head about ingredients that go together. And then if I'm around, he'll tell me his ideas. So before we had opened the restaurant, he had come up with this, what he calls the French version of a carbonara. And so, uh, which we still have on the menu, it's by far the most popular dish. What is it's, it? it's bucatini with bone marrow. And so, uh, and did we have that? Did I order? Did I have? I don't that? think. I don't I know. Don't think so. But I'm oh, you had to have if you had the bone marrow. No, you yeah, just the were... bone luge. I mean, oh, and I guess one of us must have. Yeah, been. Mu- yeah, you must okay. have. So um, it's just bucatini pasta, and it's, you know the carbonara usually has bacon. So instead of bacon, it's his house-made duck prosciutto that he puts in there, and instead of an egg, he puts the bone marrow. So uh, when it comes to the table, uh, we you know you scrape the bone marrow and mix it in, and so he was telling me about this dish about what he wanted to do, and I you know again just my 
only talent is what I feel on my palate or what I can sense on my palate and based on what I've eaten. That's a, that's so, a talent that's gotten you very far, Jordan. Well, thank you. Don't down it. And so, uh, <laughs> and so like, he's telling me this and I could, in, I love bone marrow. So I could, I obviously know the flavor and, uh, my other passion is dessert wines, which I'll tell you about what I do with dessert wines. But I was thinking my, my God, this sounds like Madeira would go so well with this. And, and I was and then just looking and, and, and when he first put out the dish, I got to physically see it and I said, Oh, we have to do a bone luge. And so the bone luge is, uh, did this, you steal that, that bone luge idea and just put your own twist on it? Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. We did it at best. Yeah. <laughs> What isn't stolen with a twist nowadays? I mean, come on. Original ideas are going down or, or don't happen that Hell much in anymore. Handbag. But um, so, you know, in most bone luges around the world, they, they put uh, sherry in it. And so and for me, it's like sherry is already kind of oily. So it's kind of mixing oil with fat. And so it's just not something that's so appealing. So I had just decided that uh, a Madeira would, you know, which is has a lot more flavor has a lot of nutty and very full right exactly Mm -hmm. full bodied um with the fat from the bone being uh streaming down into your mouth it was so good lisa oh my god (laughs) he goes open your mouth he goes do you want a bone luge i'm like excuse me i don't know you that well jordan (laughs) and he goes no 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 and he picks he comes back goes i'll be right back and he picks up the bone and he pours the wine it looks like a slide okay that's the best way right to describe it and he pours the wine you open your mouth he sticks the bone you know like a like a tray going into your mouth and then he Pours the alcohol down the chute, if you will. Yeah. And isn't it a heavenly experience? It's unbelievable. I, I have never seen that. I had, and right after we did it, I, I googled. So I'm like, he could not have just created this right now. I mean, <laughs> well, but, I do create. But you did have a twist on it because I did yeah. look at others, and it wasn't the way you did. Well, it. I mean, everyone forgets uh, a lot, even in our own industry, that um, people go out to be entertained. You know, it's like, why do you go out and spend your money? It's in a way, it's entertainment. You need good food, you need good wine, you need good service. And uh, in LA, compared to New York, everyone you know is also on the date with the server. Like they have to. There's so many people in LA that they have to have a good server with good personality, or the the you know it's not good. It in is New York, funny a bedside manner. You mean? Yeah. yeah. But in New York, it's like if a server talks to you for more than a minute, they're like, okay, that's enough. You know, that's all. Like kind of they, they turn Miranda Priestley on you in it a way. It's really true. In New York, they don't want to talk to the server. It's just like you're. What there. do you want, buddy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here it's like it's you have to really it's well, a show. It's a love affair here. And so uh you know so I didn't create the bone luge but I did create the obnoxiousness around the bone luge which if you remember he we ding out, bone about luge. Bone yeah. luge. and we ding the bottle and we do a whole thing so it's kind of like so a in a Japanese you. restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> so we make sure that everybody uh sees what it is and Well that's smart because then somebody's going to ask what was that? I want one of those. Exactly. Now do you have to order the dish to get the bone luge? Yes. Okay. Because uh, bone needs to be somewhat hot um, or it doesn't taste as good. Okay. Um, yeah, so I mean it's... And tell us about your your uh, sherries you were going to tell us about. Yeah, I'll tell you about the dessert wine program, but just to, to finish the bone loose thing, uh, it became such a hit because everyone was Instagramming it that the Wall Street Journal ended up hearing about it. What? And they came and they did a whole feature and a video and I was... It was crazy. It's just That's insane fabulous. how much it's blown up. So people literally come to test to have the bugatini and do the, the bone loose. Well, the bugatini so. is delicious. The pasta, right? Yeah. Oh my God, it's so it's good. It's so good, that pasta. I remember now we ordered... Because we ordered like 50 
things. Well, it was our first time there. And we wanted to try like everything. When my dad comes to the restaurant now. He he always you know brings my family, and so uh, he'll always say one for me, and then you can the however for many else. for them. So. Because you do recommend that everyone share, correct? Oh, yes, hundred percent. And uh, it's a way. And I always encourage sharing, even if it isn't my restaurant, just because it's a way you can try more dishes without yes. getting full. Yeah. And you know, with everyone's busy schedules nowadays, it's so hard to go out. You know, even more, you know, once a week is difficult, let alone more than once a week. And so whenever I go out with my fiance, I, you know, I, we try and order as many things as possible just to taste them. And we don't waste food, but it's, it's bet we can always order more if you're sharing than right. if you have your own appetizer and your own entree. It's kind of passe. At this no, point. I like, I like doing that too. So you could taste a little bit. Exactly. Yes. So the dessert wine program, uh, I actually created this, um, in, at Rivera. Hold that thought. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Okay. Go ahead, Jordan. You were filling us in about uh, your dessert wines. Yeah. So the dessert wine program that I created, I actually started at Rivera. And it was so successful that I said, I'm going to keep this in my back pocket. And whenever I own my own restaurant, I'll bring it back. So uh, the hardest thing like worldwide for any restaurant to do is sell a glass of dessert wine. It's just like at that point, no one's interested. Yeah. It's you're just, kind of full from everything and yeah. you're drunk out. <laughs> yeah. And everyone thinks that, you know, when you hear dessert wine, everyone thinks that it's sweet. Yes. Um, and it's not, which most are not, oh. most are not. Um, but, uh, I've, I was trying to think, and this was back in the day, you know, what I always, my mentors always said what, throughout your life, always see what like the weakest part is. So in regards to the restaurant, it's like, what was the weakest part in sales in regards to my wine program? And it was the dessert wine program. So I had thought, what can I do to make this more appealing to the normal person? And so I said, why don't we just let them name their price and and you know, make them feel comfortable, and I'll just bring them a flight. And so that's what we do. So um, I have this little spiel that at Tess we have over 200 dessert wines, except we do it a little differently, no list and no prices. So you name one price for the table. doesn't matter how many people. Doesn't That doesn't matter. It's just one price for the table, and I'll bring you the most memorable flight of dessert wine you've ever had. So in a way, it's... Again, like a, a whole... It's it's interactive. Exactly. So that makes But people... it's a wow moment for a lot of people because we bring all the bottles to the table. You and know. what happens if some jerk says, $10, that's all I think uh, this that's is. That's fine. Yeah. It's the, the, then you'll get three bottles and... Uh, or, you know, you get... Three glasses. Three different glasses and we explain it and do the whole show. And, and that's the thing. It's like a normal glass of port is like $8, 8 or $10. So... Right. Um, Ten dollars doesn't scare us. Even five dollars doesn't scare us. But um, obviously, the the more that you say, the you know, the more and better the wines get. You know, obviously, so right. Uh, and so, like, I've had a lot of people come in and and say a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars, and so they get like a, a major show of like. I'll say. You know, I have a a, a port that literally has only been bottled other than for Tess restaurant has only been bottled for the queen of England. So, you know, we have like super, super rare stuff, uh, in this program. And the so queen drinks port. Uh, well, I thought I she think, only drank gin. <laughs> well, I don't think so. she might not even have, you know, who knows if she's consumed it or not. Do, she does drink gin that we know. Okay. But, uh, but there's some really cool things that we have with great stories. And, uh, and I have a great Psalm team that, that loves to execute Smiley. every aspect of our uh, every aspect of our program. Isn't that so, great? And yeah. now you're coming up on one year. Yes, Can Wednesday. Can you believe one year? And I can't believe it took me like eight months to find the place. <laughs> I mean, because usually I'm on it. You don't know, Jordan. Usually, new restaurant in town, and this girl is on it. Because I am really a foodie. 
I don't go out to, to uh, mess around. I go out to eat really good food. Uh, so I'm shocked that it took me this long to find your place. But now, of course, I've been several times. <laughs> I decided why not go crazy for one night and do a, a real celebration. So we're actually having a full orchestra uh, with uh, some incredible singers. And they're opera singers, but we're doing more than just opera. But uh, Will you be coming out of retirement I for the might evening? Be. I might be, just to do the encore. So hopefully uh, anyone that's... Can we hear a little bit of what you might do? Sure. Right now? Yeah, right now. Okay. I said, to Oh my god, it. that's all I'm dude. giving you. That's the best. Um, that's this is still early in the morning, so that's give me really the benefit great. of the doubt. But no, that you sounded fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know what it meant or what he said, but, but it sounded good. But the singers that we're going to have are. are Uber professional. I mean, one of the guys sings like he's the right hand of Andrea Bocelli. So I was going to say Pavarotti showing up right, well, <laughs> from his grave. I wish, but uh, but uh, did you ever get to meet any of your favorite opera singers? Uh, I actually got to see Pavarotti's very last concert, Aww. which which ended up being his last concert in America. It was at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, I don't remember what I think two thousand and five or six. Like he died in oh seven. Yeah. Uh, but he was supposed to do one last concert at the Kennedy Center after that, and he canceled it because it, you know he died of pancreatic yeah. cancer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't believe he made it through the the concert that I was at. But uh, I'll, that's a moment I'll never forget, and I'm, I cannot even begin to tell you how appreciative I am that I got to see that. So. Yeah, as a boy who can sing opera, I would bet. So, okay, so you're going to have the opera singers, and you're going to have a full orchestra. orchestra. And then, so it's what we're doing is we're known for our wine dinners. And so wine dinners are a big thing that we do at Tess, and where you can meet the winemakers and so on and so forth. Um, but for this, we're just going to do a, what I call a chef-driven wine dinner. And so what we're doing is, is all off-menu food items, uh, so no one's ever seen them before. Every course that we do will be paired with a wine uh, and depending on where that wine is from country wise that's where the music will be from so it's kind how cool of, yeah. is that so we're going to Austria which is Mozart and Germany Wagner and, wow. and then France Italy and Spain so it's going to be it's going to be a blast I love it I think that's fantastic yeah. well I, I I can't thank you enough for getting up I know you get up at nine but to schlep all the way in here and do this for me I'm really appreciative I love your restaurant um, thank you I really do it's delicious you're a great I'm, I mean I keep calling you a kid because I'm older than you <laughs> but you're a man and <laughs> a businessman, <laughs> yes. and uh, I'm just really impressed. Well, thank you. I- I'm impressed um, at how you came up the ladder, if you will, and how you transitioned from opera <laughs> to food and wine. Yeah. I well, mean, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. Exactly. I always, right? I always uh, tell everybody that it's because of my experience in that world, in the opera world, that has taught me how to deal with guests at the restaurant and be humble and, and be respectful, and it's good upbringing for What's anyone. next? You going to open another restaurant? Because I could see it in your eyes yeah, already. Possibly. So, yeah. uh, Tess is so far doing well, and if it keeps, you know, going well, then uh, definitely restaurant number two, and hopefully three, four, five. You know, <laughs> my dad sends me articles all the time about. He must be so proud of you. 
Yes, he is. I mean, come on. How could he not be? All right, give out your social media handles, where they could, uh, the address to test, phone number, whatever, whatever you people need to do, yeah. make a reservation. Yes, make a reservation. Test Restaurant, 8500 West Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood, California. At Test Restaurant, that's T-E-S-S-E Restaurant. What and if they have also, a question for you? Do you have your own social media handle? I do, at J-O-G-R-O-N-2, J-O-G-R-O-N-2. And then the wine store is at Boutellier Wine. That's B-O-U-T-E-L-L-I-E-R wines. Well, like the time in your restaurant, this time just flew by. Yes, you're right. (laughs) Didn't it? Already a year, my God. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I really appreciate you coming in, and I can't wait to have my next bone luge. Thanks, Jordan. My pleasure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.